Hello, this is 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair, the show you're listening to now. It's Flashbulb Memories, and I am the host of the show, Kenny Horn, on Flashbulb Memories. Every single week, I bring on a new guest who brings on some music with them that remind them of some of the most vivid and memorable moments of their life. This week, I'm joined by Dr. Brian Powell from the John J. Cowley School of Music. Dr. Powell, can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, hey, Kenny, thanks for having me on. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. I am Dr. Powell. I work in the uh, Cowley School of Music. I'm an assistant professor of music education and music technology. And within the Cowley School, I teach courses in uh, popular music and music technology um, and uh, just other courses that focus on kind of expanding uh, access to music education for more students. So happy to be here and happy to talk about some songs that I dig. Thank you. Can you tell us about your experience and just your general interest with music? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I grew up in a, in a musical family. My dad was a, a school band director and my older brother played instruments. And so I grew up playing uh, instruments all my life. I played trombone in uh, band in, in elementary, middle and high school and in college as well. Uh, but I was also playing uh, guitar and bass and um, I've been fortunate enough to be in some bands. Uh, both cover bands and bands that did, you know, original, uh, original music. So uh, some of these songs I have memories because I've performed them live uh, doing a cover of them and they're memorable or they, you know, make me flash back to a certain point in life. So um, a lot of my music uh, making now is actually less about the trombone and more about, um, you know, kind of popular music, rock band performance type things. But I'm also really interested in music technology. Uh, Ableton push beat making and ways that technology can kind of um, expand the way that we experience music, especially during uh, quarantine times when maybe we can't get together in bands, but there are technologies that allow us to create music uh, across distance and across time, which is a, a pretty cool thing. So um, definitely into popular music and music technology and just, you know, excited about the ways that music keeps expanding and progressing so that more and more people can experience music and make music. Yeah, yeah, and one thing I want to say about the music you brought on, to be completely honest, you brought on one of my favorite lists I've had. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, it was, this is um, episode 20, something like that. This is one of my favorites. It was a fun activity to try to narrow it down into uh, songs that, you know, have meaning for me, but I'm, I'm glad you dug it. Yeah, well, let's get right into it. First one, we got one of the most iconic classic rock bands ever. We got some Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I'm a traveler of all time and space. 
Cashmere, Led Zeppelin, off Physical Graffiti. That's a great song. I think that song may be the most played song ever on the show, now that I think about it. Well, it's it, deservedly so. It's a it's a classic. I feel like it it holds up uh, today just as much as it did, you know, back in the uh, '70s when that album came out. Okay, no, I lied. It's only been played twice. Only been played twice. But I'm joined this week by Dr. Brian Powell, and he is a doctor professor in the John Jay Cowley School of Music at Montclair State University. Can you tell me about your memory with that? Yeah, so there's when I hear that song, there's a few things that come to mind. Um, one, I've been uh, fortunate enough to play that song in in a bands and for gigs, and the um, the guitar tuning on that uh, song. If you're a guitarist, you probably know this, but it uses an alternate tuning, so not just a standard tuning. It it uses what a lot of guitarists refer to as dad gad d a d g a d, and uh, I remember you know being in high school and listening to the song and. Um, when I was in high school, this was before the internet <laughs> existed like it does now. So uh, now it's easy to go on and kind of figure out songs and figure out alternate tunings because the internet has everything for you. But, um, you know, back when I was in high school, trying to figure things out by ear and then, um, you know, figuring out that it was an alternate tuning. And I, I think I bought a, a Led Zeppelin guitar book uh, and uh, saw it and I was like, oh, okay, because I was trying to figure out what the chords were without there. And then being able to play it for the first time and having this kind of like uh, aha moment because um, it's not a super difficult song to play when you have the when you have the correct tuning. Um, and I just think the the drumming, John Bonham, the the drummer for Zeppelin, I mean, every time oh, wow. I hear that song, I'm picturing him in just kind of like a, a cavernous open space. And the drums are in some ways um, simple and they're not they're not trying to do too much. And um, I just love the drums on that song. And I think it's um, it's iconic. And, and in some ways, the drums and the simplicity of them uh, provide a, a balance to some of the stuff that's going on in the guitar where, you know, in, in some elements, the guitar is playing in three while the drums are playing in four. And so it gives us um, not quite a, a hemiola feel. I don't want to get too musical here, but um, it, it's just, it's a classic tune. Again, I can, I can hear it now and get into it the same way that I could back when I was in college. Um, and, you know, I was born after uh, 1975 when the album first came out, but I think that there is a, um, uh, a new audience that's always discovering this song. So from playing it, but just being a fan of the musicians, uh, this song's always been one that's uh, that stuck with me. Yeah, thank you for bringing up John Bonham. You can't get better than that. Uh, absolutely, I feel like he's a he's a drummer's drummer. Um, you know, if you ask any drummer who their favorite drummer is, I mean, maybe Neil Peart. Uh, there's a handful of other drummers, but I mean, John Bonham's like top of the list for everyone because he he didn't try to do too much, um, but he was just the quintessential rock drummer. Yeah, he was he was just amazing in the Led Zeppelin as a whole. And that physical graffiti, I think that my my dad, his favorite Zeppelin song is Ten Years Gone and it's off that album. And it's also his favorite Zeppelin album in general. Yeah, they they have so many um I mean and I, I think Cashmere is not even necessarily my favorite Zeppelin song, but it's just it's one of those that um it's easy to talk about. Um, and you know, it, it brings me back to kind of those connections of playing it and uh, and just hearing it, you know, and figuring it out on guitar for the first time when I was in college. Yeah, and speaking of guitar, I think all classic rock and a lot of the songs you brought, they have really iconic guitar riffs. I feel like, and the next one, it's got one of the most like signature guitar riffs in all of classic rock to me. Our next song is see, I'm not even gonna tell you because you're gonna be able to guess it. I the riff. 
Skelter by the Beatles and Back in Black by ACDC. Those three songs to me, they all have some very memorable, very memorable guitar riffs. This week on Flashbulb Memories, I can't even say the name of my own show. I am joined by Dr. Brian Powell. Dr. Powell, can you tell me about ACDC, Back in Black? Yeah, so I mean, I, I can't say anything that that opening riff on the electric guitar doesn't say. It's It's easily one of the most kind of um iconic opening uh guitar riffs ever you know there are great guitar riffs in a lot of uh, classic rock songs but oftentimes you know they might come in a chorus or there might be a solo where they're played um 
but it's just it's such a strong start and again any guitar player that was one of the riffs you wanted to kind of figure out um especially and you get your fingers to move fast enough and uh and i i love the guitar part there i i also love their lead singer brian johnson i mean he's got a voice that if you were a um if you were a choir teacher you wouldn't want him to sing in your choir because it's so kind of gravelly and unique that it just sticks out but as a lead singer of a band um brian's uh well the band is australian but, but brian's yeah. english and so uh it's just interesting to see like what that vocal style which again if he if he auditioned to to be a music major in the cali school of music i don't know if we'd be able to find a spot for him because his voice is just so kind of different than what we kind of sure. normally think of as a uh quote-unquote good voice but it totally works uh, in in Back in Black. And it's just one of those songs that you see in radios and at sports arenas. And I, I don't know, it's just, it's an iconic song that's fun to play if you ever get the chance. After that, we played Helter Skelter by the Beatles. And the Beatles, they're my favorite band, favorite musician, favorite anything. I love them. And they're the most played artist on this show. So that makes me have the chance to brag every time it comes up. So can you tell me about Helter Skelter? Yeah, so I, I chose Halter Skelter um, in some ways actually connected to what I just said about Brian Johnson about I've always liked um, vocal parts where the, the vocalist feels like they're really having to go for it and it's it's kind of at the outside limits of their voice. And so, you know, you compare this to um, any of the other hundreds of amazing Beatles tunes um, that are more kind of... Uh, put together and um, neat and tidy, uh, you listen to, to Helter Skelter off the White Album and it's just like raucous and loud and um, kind of brash. And it's just such a departure from a lot of what, um, you know, we might think of. And the Beatles did a lot of this, you know, um, A Day in the Life or, you know, their, their tunes that started using sitar and, and they started getting away from the, the 1964 Ed Sullivan show, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Um, but it just uh, reminds me when I hear this of just kind of the, the breadth of musicality of the Beatles, because you can listen to one thing and listen to another thing, and they're just totally different. They're almost like not even the same genre of music. Because uh, there are elements of of hard rock and and early metal and some proto punk, all within Helter Skelter. Um, and then again, if you play something off one of their early albums, you're just like, oh man, this like this band and their career was so short. As you know, as a Beatles fan, you know they broke up in 1970 and they came to the states on the Ed Sullivan Show in '64. So that's a really short amount of time to have this kind of musical trajectory. So uh, every time I hear Helter Skelter, I almost have to take a minute and be like, right, this is the Beatles. And they've really evolved um, as musicians throughout their career. And so I think it's an encouragement to, to every musician out there or music lover, just like, you know, kind of changing and trying out new stuff. Yeah, that's why they're my favorite, because they mastered so many different sounds in such a short span of time. It's ridiculous. Anyway, we were talking about heavy music. It, get, it gets, this isn't heavy, but it's getting more punky with The Clash. Should I stay or should I go? uh well i mean what a what a clear message you know it's just like if i stay there will be trouble if i go there will be double come on and let me know should i stay or should i go um i like it i like it it's uh directly to the point again it's a, a fun song to play uh when i first started being in a cover band and honestly we weren't like the best musicians this was a song that we could easily play and cover because it's not um there's no prolific guitar solo 
or anything like that but there is the when it goes to the double time so when it goes um when the strumming gets twice as fast should i stay or should i go down it's always fun to play live if you're ever in a club and someone plays a song there's just like such energy um <clears throat> that comes from that performance and then you know the more you know about the clash uh you know they were playing um concerts for like rock against racism back when the punk scene uh was kind of like figuring out if it wanted to be um part of the the nationalist uh movement in the uk about like you know foreigners aren't welcome and and let's keep england just for english people uh and then there was the other side of the punk scene they were like no that's that's a, the opposite of what we're about and we like nationalism needs to go and we need to be about you know being inclusive um and so they put on these concerts uh, rock against racism and the clash would uh, headlined one of the most famous rock against racism um shows and so it just kind of it's uh it, it feels good to be a Clash fan. You know, they were known as the only band that matters <laughs> for a while. That was like their slogan. Um, but yeah, so you just hear this and it's a it's a good time, fun to dance to, high energy song uh, that's also got like a straightforward message, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's great. And we just talked about three songs that are heavier than most in classic rock genre. And all of those, I guess not all of them led to it, but one that did was the Beatles. The Beatles, they led to where the fathers had metal with Helter Skelter. They led to Black Sabbath. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Wash minds. Oh, larger.
darkness world stops turning Ashes where the body's burning No more war pigs of the power And as God has struck the hour Day of judgment God is calling Underneath the war pigs crawling Begging mercies for the sins Satan laughing spreads his wings Oh Lord by Black Sabbath. I am joined on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair by Dr. Brian Powell from Montclair State University from the John J. Cowley School of Music. He is my guest for this week on Flashbulb Memories. Can you tell me about War Pigs? Yeah, so um, as you said before the song came on, um, it's a classic uh, tune, um, Black Sabbath, they're the godfathers of heavy metal, and, uh, you know, they, they have some kind of more iconic tunes, uh, I think that people, the, the majority of folks know, uh, but I love War Pigs, I love the, um, 
the intro i like the the melodic elements of it it's an anti-war song uh speaking out against like you know those in power and and um sending those who aren't into war um and so i think it's a nice kind of combination of representing working collar ideals uh black sabbath coming from birmingham and uh it's just you know uh, again I, I i feel like a broken record but i i've been able to perform that in a band before singing the uh the lead part ozzy Osbourne's part and it's just a great kind of powerful song it's not fast so it's not like a straightforward like you know um heavy you know thrash metal song that's right in your face um but it just kind of shows the power of um of all of the instrumentalists uh but tony omia on guitar is you know an iconic uh electric guitar player so war pigs it's a it's a great tune yeah and i like to bring up the point that it's not like thrash metal it's not super fast i like I think that they do that very well. They do both very well, obviously, because you know they're yeah, rock and absolutely. Huge. And you know, stuff off their first album, um, you know, they have a song called Black Sabbath, and it the fact that it is slow, um, and you know, Black Sabbath has like uh, the song Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath has these like chimes, and and in that song they have these like uh, the air siren happening at the beginning, and um, it's not right. It's not like you know metallica's kill them all and you know kind of thrash right in your face but in some ways i feel like it's it's harder to be rock with a slower song or metal with a slower song because you've got to really kind of keep it tight because you can't use the energy of the of the quickness of the song and so that's another thing i appreciate about black sabbath and what they're able to do yeah exactly and i come on ozzy is just awesome for sure he's, he's so cool Except I can't help but think of it. I'm actually surprised I didn't say it. Like, every single time anybody's ever brought him on the show, I always call him the infamous bat biter. I'm surprised I didn't think of it that time. Well, I guess I just thought of it now, so it's okay. Yeah. It works. There was also rumors that he bit the head off of a dove, but, you know, that was a long time ago, and he's done a lot of things, so uh, I feel like I, I, can, I can forgive him. <laughs> well, I heard, I heard the bat was an accident, which I do believe. Yes, that's at least that's the story he's telling, so we'll, yes. we'll give him credit. Yeah. But we played the Beatles before and we just played Black Sabbath. We have a lot of people who were the fathers and just the makers of stuff. And one of those bands, those iconic bands that are just way different from the bottom is Rolling Stones. And up next, we have probably my favorite song by them. Your 
indigo turned a deeper blue I could not foresee this thing happening to you If I look hard enough into the setting sun My love will laugh with me before the morning comes I see a red door and I want it painted black
like a rolling stone by bob dylan before that we played rolling stones i have a guest this week dr brian powell 
he knows his music. He's going to tell me about it. Paint it black. <laughs> What's your memory with that? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I like that we started this set with uh, the Rolling Stones and we ended it with Like a Rolling Stone, uh, you know, a, a, poetic, a poetic grouping of, of the tunes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this is uh, one of those songs that, uh, again, I think it's an iconic tune. When I hear it, um, I, I picture the live performance. They did it on, on Ed Sullivan. The sitar part that you mentioned there. Um, you know, it is a little, uh, you know, some people kind of crit criticize it as being a knockoff of what the Beatles were doing, because um, Beatles were using a lot of sitar in their uh, tunes, but it's just, it's one of those that like, um, uh, I think it's a great tune, there's some dark underlying uh, elements to it, I've performed it live, not with a sitar, but with a, a, a guitar that had a, a, a guitar, a sitar sampling uh, element to it, and I think that it's just, it's a good example of, you can hear elements of where, um, you know, the Rolling Stones were a blues band, you know, before the British invasion and before they kind of made it big as a, a rock and roll band. And there are still kind of elements of that in their performance, which um, which I dig. And so as a performer, as a musician, it's one of those songs that I've always just really enjoyed playing. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point of people are like, oh, well, they stole from the Beatles. Nah, I think it's different. It's like it's like an evolution of music in my eyes. Yeah, and, and a lot of, I mean, everyone's stealing from everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, being influenced by something and integrating into your own art is um, kind of the name of the game. So, um, yeah, I, I think in later years, people are less concerned about like, oh, did they get that from the Beatles? Um, and just kind of appreciating the immensely long career that the, the Stones have had. Extremely long career. But, yeah, and the final song that we played for the show was Like a Rolling Stone, which I don't know if you know this, but... Rolling Stone, they released a article. It was I don't know how long ago it was, but they ranked every single song ever. Well, they, they gave it 500 top songs. Ranking every song ever is impossible, but this was number one. I don't uh, agree, but this I was didn't one. know that. But um, but the, the whole point of lists like those, like Rolling Stones put out 100 um, greatest Beatles song, and I think Helter Skelter was like 52. You know, so yeah, it's like yeah. well. I mean, maybe it's not top 10, but also it can't be for two. I think those lists are just designed to get people, you know, having conversations. And oh, yeah, they are. They are. But that, that, that was my reason for putting it last. Yeah, well, there you go. What I like about uh, Rolling Stone is it, it, it kind of uh, there's been a theme of some of the other stuff that we've talked on about artists um, and innovation. You know, uh, when Dylan played this, the, the whole Dylan goes electric thing, when he played this at the Newport uh, Folk Festival in 65, uh, he got booed because he was a acoustic guitar harmonica folk artist and all of a sudden he was plugging in and there was electric guitars and things like that and um and if you you can watch they have recordings of it and after as he starts playing and after he's done playing he gets booed um because people were like no nah, you're a folk artist like play play the thing that we came here to hear you play um you're not supposed to play electric guitar that's not for you and so um i like this song yes it's not my favorite Dylan song, but the thing that I think of all the time um, when I hear it is just, you know, artists um, kind of constantly evolving and how uh, audiences aren't sometimes ready for that or other people don't want you to step outside of the thing that they know you to be able to do. Yeah, I, I, I feel like throughout this episode, we have had a running theme of innovation and evolution yeah. of music. And Absolutely. Maybe, maybe that's why I'm attracted to a lot of these songs. Um, because, you know, there, there's an element in that song that, like, you know, I keep going back to. 
Yeah, and that's what I think part of the beauty is with this genre. It makes it keep on coming back. Absolutely, yeah. and there's a new generation of uh, individuals who can discover, you know, the Beatles all over again. Exactly. Uh, and that, that's exciting. That's my goal. That's the entire reason I made this show. <laughs> Perfect. Well, if you're listening out there, um, you know, there's a lot of good music that, uh, you know, I would encourage you to go check out and uh, expand your horizons because a lot of the music we listen to now has been influenced by music that came before it for sure. Yeah, it all came from somewhere. I think that's a perfect place to wrap up this episode of Flashbulb Memories on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. Thank you for listening. I've been joined by Dr. Brian Powell. He is a professor in the Montclair State University John J. Cowley School of Music. Thank you, Dr. Powell, for coming on the show. I loved the music, loved the, mem loved the memories, and next week I'll be back yet again with another guest with some more music. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you then.